Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good morning. My name is Steve. It's my privilege to do a short Christmas message this morning. As Nicole said, if we look into the Bible and we look at why we have Christmas and why Jesus was born, that elevates our heart, that inspires us, and that's really what we want to get out of Christmas. Please take your seat. And thank you to the band because they know Hark the Herald is my favourite Christmas carol, if not the best song ever written. With some, I know some, Oh Holy Night's a good contender. Come all ye faithful sometimes if I'm in that mood, but hark the herald, anyone? Thank you. Perfect words, perfect tune, fantastic. Isn't it great to sing Christmas carols? For some reason, it makes Christmas come alive. And so once we start singing them, particularly when we're doing in a church together, Christmas starts to feel real again. And they're like a gateway. It's like when you cross over that gateway, you're in Christmas land. And there's something about Christmas land, which is really the spirit of God's love alive and, and uh, abounding today. Um, life seems more colourful and bright, doesn't it? And there's fairy lights and there's more food to eat and there's more fun food to eat than is usual. Anyone tried to drop some kilos getting ready for Christmas? Uh, me, I did. I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> I've been in hospital for a while. It's quite an easy way to lose. I'm fine now. I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. I was saying to someone this morning, you know, everyone's so over-enthusiastic to see me. I'm trying to work out why. And then I suddenly click. I haven't been around for a while. Thank you for all the love that I've had over the last couple of months. Very lights, more food than usual. And everywhere, everybody seems to be in good cheer. And there's a joyful atmosphere in the place. And you also get to look at nativities. Who loves nativities? I love nativities. There's something about a nativity. It's the spirit of God behind it that reminds us that we are loved and reminds us that God has gone all the way for us because he loves us and he wants us to be part of what he is doing. And then we get to focus on the Christmas story, which is really the greatest love story still. It's the greatest love story that the world has known. And for me, when I look through the Christmas story, this is the verse, or this is the, the part of the story which really uplifts me and moves me most. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news. Can you say good news? That will cause great joy. Can you say great joy? And it is for everybody. Everybody. No one's excluded. For today in the town of David, a saviour. Can you say saviour? Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. Can you say peace? Peace. To those on whom his favour, some of the translations say hope. Can you say favour and hope? 
rest. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I like that part of the story because it's probably the biggest fanfare, the biggest announcement that the world has ever known. Imagine you're out there and suddenly the sky is filled with heavenly angels, the hosts of heaven, it says. And sometimes I stand out there at night time and I look up and I go, just imagine the whole sky filled with angels. And they're all declaring glory to God in the highest and on earth peace upon whom God's favour rests. And that's each one of us. But surely the biggest event the world has known alongside the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but surely the biggest event the world has ever known deserves the biggest fanfare that has ever been received by the earth. And listen to the words declared by the angels. And this is why I like Hark the Herald. Because Charles Wesley wrote it, he's saying, Hark, stop. Stop what you're doing. Listen. This is really important. God's about to tell us something. It's a new game. It's a new way of living. I'm doing something new. So stop. Hark. Because these are special angels. They're herald angels. Hark. The herald angels are declaring what God is about. And in those old days, heralds would come forth into the town square. They'd go, hear ye, hear ye. By announcement and proclamation of the king, this is what's going on. And so we stop, we listen to what the angels are saying because they're telling us what God is doing. And listen to their words. Good news, great joy, peace, favour, hope, saviour for everybody. These are the blessings of Christmas upon us. But here's the thing, and it's an important thing. The angels, as much as I love them, are actually appearing towards the end of the middle of the story. They can't do their big announcement until Jesus has been born. They can't do anything until Jesus has been born. Why is there good news, great joy, peace, favour and hope? Because Christ is born. Today in the city of David, your Saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. That's why I love Huck the Heralds. There's a little line there. It says, Christ, um, God and sinners reconciled. We're joined back to Christ. Our Christmas blessings begin with Jesus and remain with Jesus throughout. You see, God never promised us peace and joy, never promised us favour. He promised us a saviour through whom would come the peace, the joy and the fulfilment, forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. So when we look at Jesus in the manger, we're reminded this is the greatest expression of love the world has known. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave us his son, that whoever believes on him shall not die, but shall have eternal life. So when we look at Jesus in the manger, we see him, the son of God, who has chosen, elected to clothe himself in a physical body, a human forever. He gave up being all powerful. He gave up being all knowing. He gave up being omnipresent everywhere and took upon himself the guise of a servant, took upon himself a physical body. 
That's an incomprehensible act of sacrifice and love for our benefit. Philippians 2 says this, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve the people on earth, you and me, who needed him to come and set us free from our two great enemies, sin and death. And so when we look upon the manger and we open our hearts and we ask God to come and tell us, reveal to us this truth, what we behold is the most amazing demonstration of love we can come across. We behold a helpless baby, Jesus, the Son of God, who has chosen to forego the splendour of heaven to be this vulnerable, helpless baby in the arms of Mary and Joseph, two very, very young people. So God calls us to trust him, but not before he hasn't trusted us with his very son. We see a baby who fulfills all the promises in the Old Testament to demonstrate that if God has promised something, he is faithful and he will deliver. A baby who's going to grow and move amongst us and teach us the truth. God is sovereign, but he's also your loving father. Only Jesus could teach that to us. Only the son can tell us what the father is like. He will experience life exactly as you and I do. The pain, the rejection, the joy, the hope, regret, so that when we cry out to him, when we pray to him, we can be confident of this, that he understands, he knows, he has been one of us. He will grow to be a man and give himself on the cross for us, for the forgiveness of our sin. He was the only possible perfect sacrifice for us. He will die, but then he will be raised from the dead to eternal life, an eternal life that he shares with each one of us. You will see someone totally committed to you, totally loving of who you are. One of the more popular shows on TV in the last few years has been The Voice. Who watches The Voice? Yeah, oh, just a few of us. Okay. <laughs> I'll explain it then. You know, the singers come on stage and the judges are turned around. They can't see the singers. And it's up to the singer to impress the judges so much that they turn their chairs around. If the judge turns their chairs around, they usually say, I want you on my team. Christmas assures us that when we walk on the stage to sing, so to speak, God's chair is already turned. Already, before we try to impress him, he loves you. He wants you to be on his team. I think Eden said earlier about Emmanuel. Nicole said it as well. God is with you. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he already does. That's why we've called it love in a manger. You are already loved. He has gone all the way. So what did the angels declare? Christ is born. A saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. God and sinners are now reconciled. So now, truly, there can be joy and peace 
and favour on earth in our hearts because God is with us. All the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen in Jesus. And if we leave him out of the equation for our life, then we fall back on our own efforts to try and get that peace and joy. And we will probably fall short, most certainly. Christmas reminds us that striving for these things apart from Jesus is striving in vain. So what do we do? Two things. We listen to Charles Wesley and the greatest song ever written. We hark, we stop, and we let those blessings of Christmas be upon us. And we let those blessings of Christmas be in our heart that they can overflow. We can also do what the shepherds did. Go and see this thing we have been told of. So my prayer for you over Christmas is that we, each of us, will take some time. We'll pause. We'll reflect. Get by ourselves. Go away. Come away for a little bit. Find a quiet place. Contemplate and spend some time with God, beholding his love for us and asking him to reveal that love, which the Bible says surpasses our understanding. We need the Holy Spirit to make it real to us. And as we receive that, we experience what the shepherds did. Because that little story finishes off with this. And the shepherds returned to the fields, glorifying God and praising him for all the things they had seen. And that's my prayer, that over this Christmas, we receive that spirit, we receive God's love, and we overflow, not just today, not just over Christmas, but for the year ahead. We overflow with praise. We overflow with the Christmas blessings, peace, good news, joy, favour, hope, because our Saviour is born. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.